Welcome to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast, where non-diet nutrition, weight-inclusive care, and integrative health collide. We're your hosts, Dana Montes and Christina Hoyt, licensed integrative clinical nutritionists and body image coaches. And we believe you deserve to have a joyful relationship with food in your body, even if you have a chronic health condition or symptoms that just won't quit. On this show, together and with our guests, we're bringing the real talk, no BS5, with tangible tools to help you pursue health and wellness without obsession or restriction. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is meant for general information purposes only and should not be taken as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Big thanks to Spark Bites for sponsoring today's episode. Find out more about this great prebiotic snack at sparkbites.net. I think it would be good to start this episode with a little bit of a set the scene, throwing it back to our roots. Ooh, I like, I like. You can right? start it. I, I like where you're headed with this. So, first week of January, there's snow on the ground. Probably not because of global warming. But <laughs> as you all... You probably have been experiencing um December and now of course with January depending on how your social media field or field social media feed is filtered um diet culture fitness culture whole 30 resets all of the things are going on um and you also may see hopefully more and more people in your feed that are like no you don't need to subscribe to this bullshit it's not actually going to fix all your problems right um But one thing that we wanted to talk about, and we, Christina and I talk about this offline a lot, and I think we've talked about it on the podcast, but we just wanted to make it real clear for the first week of January, is that this kind of polar opposites approach of either like, you need to be doing all of the diety things in January or the rest of the year, and like, it'll fix all your problems versus, no, just throw away dieting. This will fix all your problems. Diet culture has been creating all of your problems and everything like that. While obviously... We can see the downfalls of the diet culture side. There aren't a lot of people that are talking about what can happen when you swing the pendulum to the other side and then you feel like, wait, it it feels like I'm doing something wrong here, right? So the main takeaway from this episode that we wanted to really drive home here is like, okay, so you're breaking up with dieting, awesome, but now what? Right. And that's kind of the pitfall that we see a lot with the kind of hardcore anti-diet people is you'll see all through January of like, break up with dieting. You don't need to do this. Dieting and your weight and your health doesn't determine your self-worth and all the things. And of course, we agree with all of those. And at the same time, just saying, okay, break up with diet culture. Oh, okay. But now what? Like, what, what do I do? You know? And so... When that happens, you it's very easy for people to get caught in this like no man's land where you don't know what to do and you know you're not supposed to be going back to dieting or elimination diets or any of these things. And you're like, okay, but but <laughs> but what am I supposed to do? And it can you can kind of feel like I use this analogy a lot with my clients, an anemone that's just kind of like floating or an amoeba that's just kind of floating and you don't really have anything to latch on to. So what we want to talk about is like why this is kind of problematic and what you can do instead if you are feeling very kind of untethered and without a direction in January, but you know you don't want to go back to dieting. 
yeah, it's kind of like, you know, too much now. And so you can't go back. But you're also like, I don't know where I'm going now. Like, Pay no attention no- to the men behind the curtain. <laughs> like, I, I have no map. I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm lost. Like, this is the heart of like, to me, this is in so many ways where the nutrition jungle really gets really confusing because just because you're saying I'm no longer going to subscribe to diet culture and dieting programs and things like that um, doesn't mean that you're not left with the baggage that it created for you, right? And the confusion and the um, this limbo that Dana's talking about of like, what do I do now? Like, I don't know what to do. Can I eat a salad? Do I even like them? Like, like, like all these questions are coming through your head. Like, do I only want to eat ho-hos all day, every day? Like, I don't know what's going on with my life. This feels really chaotic. And and it can feel really um, like disjointed. And, and we can get attached to thinking, like, especially when you come from someone who's a routinely a dieting like person who loves an all or nothing mentality, anti-diet culture, like, you know, posts out there are very all or nothing you're not dieting anymore. You're not saying no to these foods anymore. And it can feel kind of like, okay, so if I don't eat them, does that mean that I'm dieting now? And it can feel kind of like, all right, I'm going against this new thing that I'm doing. And where's the intention behind it? What is driving this for me? And how do I then make decisions? around how to eat and so you're like you're like the heart of the nutrition jungle at this point and you're standing there thinking to yourself what the hell do I put in my mouth like like I don't know <laughs> what to eat to fuel myself and I also want to make a quick note before we like dive into the what do I do kind of thing and why this is the problem even more I want to say um, that I feel like one of the things that it's important to note here is that the anti-diet um, posts that are out there are meant to be polarizing. They're meant to rattle you and to shake you and to see, have you see that there's a whole nother world out there that doesn't include dieting and that you don't have to do it. It's like, you know, everyone knows my favorite word. It's like one great big permission slip um, for you to even to step away from it. And for some people seeing some of those posts is the first time they've ever even heard of that being a possibility. And so a lot of times the influencers in this area are going to say something that's going to rattle people and shake them up and have them think like, holy smokes, because the idea is to get it out there and in front of as many people as possible and to have it be something that that they can, that you can, for the people out there in the world who are seeing all the dieting stuff and say, I'm so fucking tired of this. I want something else for them to see it and say, oh, well, there's an alternative. Cool. Maybe I don't have to do this and to get riled up too and say, you know what? Screw that diet yeah. culture. <laughs> Screw this, like, you know, this complex that I have and like all these different things that I'm now a, a part of and how do I step away from it? And it's for some people, it has to be really freaking drastic. Mm hmm. But that doesn't mean that it's not confusing at the same time and you're not left feeling, what do I do now? Yeah. I mean, 
we're by no means saying that like the anti-diet movement is bad, right? (laughs) The way that we more think of those types of posts and that mentality and everything is, it is a necessary stepping stone on your way to a place where you can have a more sustainable and neutral relationship with food and your body and everything. Because all of the time we talk about this kind of pendulum that happens, right? If you swing all the way to the left side with very extreme diet culture, you can't just stop in the middle, right? Like that's not how a pendulum works, right? So most of the time, what you're going to see is there's this very necessary extreme swing all the way to the other side. And eventually with the correct tools and necessary tools and help and everything and resources, then you can kind of settle back to the middle, right? But so what we want to encourage all of you to remember is like, that's not the end all be all stopping point, but it's such a necessary dialogue to be had, right? For some people, like Christina mentioned, this may be the first time that you ever see something that gives you that permission slip of like, you don't need to diet in order to be healthy. You don't need to diet in order to get all of those things that the diet and fitness industry promises you're going to have, you know, like basically a unicorn at the end of the day and the like a euphoria of an existence. That may be the first time that you ever see that. And it's like, wait a minute, there's there's another way to do this living thing, right? So super necessary. But again, we want to validate that when you see that and when you've kind of been going through that phase and after you've gone through that initial phase of like, yeah, we're, we're done with diet culture. Like, I don't need to do this anymore. It's then can also be like, wait, but okay, so now, now what do I do? <laughs> you know, because for a lot of people, when they've been in that like, fuck diet culture, blah, 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 all the things phase for a while, they might start to feel like, okay, but now now I'm ready for to do something, right? Or like, how, how do I incorporate health-promoting behaviors? How do I incorporate other things that I know make me feel good without going back to dieting? And this is something that we say frequently is for a lot of people, the only way that they thought they knew how to be, quote, healthy is by following a diet. And so one of the biggest things that we will mention is learning how to disassociate dieting from health promoting behaviors and how those can be used in one and add in mentality rather than restrictive. And then also a more neutral way of knowing you don't have to do something in January in order to be healthy if you don't want to, but you also can do something in January that is more neutral. That is more, for example, I would just like to be more intentional about this and it doesn't include a 30-day reset or eliminating a whole bunch of different food groups or going to the gym five times a week or meditating every single day or all of these other wellness productivity checklist things. And one of the reasons that this can become so destabilizing, the whole like taking away the option of doing a Whole30 or a diet or whatever, sorry, Whole30 is a diet in January, is... And we kind of talked about this on the episode with Fiona last week about the nervous system regulation and everything like that is dieting for a lot of people or doing a whole 30 or whatever it is, is a tool or a kind of coping mechanism that people have been using for a long time in an attempt to try to be healthier or shrink their bodies or fit in with white Eurocentric beauty standards or, you know, all these different things. And so if we identify that as a tool or as a coping mechanism for people that they're using in an attempt to create safety, taking that 
away and saying, no, you shouldn't be doing this anymore is extremely destabilizing because if you don't give them a tool or a coping mechanism to replace it with, it can make people feel out of control or in this limbo state and encourages them or kind of drives them to go back to dieting or something like it because that makes that feels like the only way that they feel like they know how to have some aspect of control. Yeah. I I love that you brought that point up because I feel like I see that a lot with my with my eating disorder clients and I think one of the things that we kind of forget sometimes is that it takes time to recover from diet culture. And recovering from diet culture doesn't necessarily mean that you have anorexia, bulimia, or binge eating, or what, or any other eating disorder. It can literally, or orthorexia, it can literally be, I just have a disordered, disordered relationship with food. I jump back and forth between diets, and you still have to recover from diet culture and what the impact has done for you. And like Dana's talking about about it being really destabilizing, is that yeah, if we all of a sudden and pull the rug out from underneath you and say, hey, we're no longer going to engage in that, you might not ever go back to trying anything non-diet or end up neutral because it simply was too much for you to do all at once. And one of the things that I, I think of a lot when I'm working with clients of mine with anorexia is that you get to decide how your recovery journey looks. You get to decide how long it takes and each step along the way, and that you can meet yourself where you are, and you can do this on your own unique timeline. Now, granted, there are some cases where your health and safety are at immediate risk, right? And I'm talking about extreme eating disorder cases and not so extreme eating disorder cases or disorder eating cases, but that's different. And that's when you're going to have to have someone evaluate you for higher level of care need. And that's a little bit of a different conversation that we're having today. Right now, we're talking to people who can do this at home with support of practitioners and things like that. But meeting yourself where you are and being able to say, okay, maybe I can't let go of all of the things right now and jump into anti-diet culture the way that I'm seeing it on Instagram where I'm going to totally be fine with eating all these different foods and expect to incorporate foods that have always been really scary to me without the greatest of ease and everything's going to be cool like no like that's not realistic but can we start to ease up on some of the stuff that we've always done that was highly diety if you're someone who like weighed yourself every day could you try weighing yourself every other day? Could you try pushing it a little bit? And instead of like what we're saying, taking those 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 tools away or those things that have made you feel safe and slowly started to try new things and move away from those while you're incorporating other things makes it a lot easier and a much slower storyline and timeline to get to a neutral relationship with food in your body. And I think that's like an important thing that people don't think about is that you have to meet yourself where you are, not what social media tells you you're supposed to end up. And I think that that's like a very diety thought process that goes into it where we think like, okay, well, if I'm not doing this, then I'm doing this and I have to go like wholeheartedly into it. You know, I have to go like, 
<laughs> hardcore. <laughs> I have to go hardcore into like this one direction and I have to do this where it can actually like there's this stage that social media doesn't talk about that me and Dana love to hang out in is this really murky, muddy gray zone where it's complicated and very, very messy. To use an analogy that we haven't really talked about in a long time is breaking up with diet culture is kind of like breaking, getting out of a really toxic <laughs> long-term relationship, right? And if this helps you understand what we mean by this like weird middle ground, right? You need time to grieve that relationship and to take care of yourself and everything like that. We can all equivocally say that if you get out of a 10, 20 year really toxic relationship, it's not a good idea to jump into another one, any kind of relationship within the first five days. Like it's just not not a great idea. Now that may feel comforting, right? Because if you felt a lot of validation in that relationship, if you felt comfortable in that relationship, regardless of anything that was going on, it may feel like that's a safety net that you want to go back to. And we can understand that. And we understand that the process of working through what you experienced and trying to separate the good from the not so great and thinking about things that you want and need in a new relationship requires a lot of therapy, requires a lot of working through all of the things. And that period that is very necessary to work through all the things is what we're talking about right now. It's after you're done with dieting. It's the what what do you need next kind of thing. Because hopefully you have a lot of great friends that are like, no, you never needed them and they were bad to you and all the things, right? That's the anti-diet right there. Like you need to hear that in order to be like, you know what? You're right. I don't need that person. They were never good to me or maybe they were, but they're not anymore. Whatever it was, right? That's that's your anti-diet friend. At the same time, if you just stay in the, I don't need anybody. And you know, this is different if you want to not be partnered or, you know, anything like that. We're just giving an extreme example here. But if you are a person who wants to go back to engaging in some kind of neutral neutral nutrition relationship with food and your body, you do need that time for healing. And that very like, you don't need them angry stage is probably not where you want to stay. And it doesn't have to be your end point, right? But that middle piece is tough. And you know what I was you know what I was just thinking about is like a playlist for when you break up dieting. <laughs> it's like a rage playlist. No, but you're gonna bounce between like Taylor Swift for never getting back together and like Adele, someone like you, and you're like crying hysterically and you're thinking to yourself, like, no, you like I'm never getting back together with you, but you're like, but I love you so much. Like you know what's so it's funny is your version of a breakup playlist versus my version of a I know. breakup playlist. I'm thinking about like dancing around my house, you know, and you're thinking about like rage against the machine, hitting the pavement vibes. <laughs> and I'm sitting on the couch eating ice you're like, cream. Taylor the Swift, we are never get never getting back together. Meanwhile, I'm like not actually rage against the machine, but all the like punk and like pop punk and everything like that. I'm like, take me back to high school. Oh, man, this is a great little aside here. (laughs) You can find more bonus content like this on Patreon. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) And now a quick break for a word from our sponsor, Spark Bites. 
So you all know that we talk about gut health a lot on this podcast. So today I wanted to talk about a great way to help promote a healthy balance of gut bacteria without the need for supplements. Spark Bites are a great on-the-go, top eight allergy-free, gluten-free, and plant-based snack packed with prebiotics from gluten-free oats, greens, and seeds. They're also local to me, Dana, and made right in Alexandria, Virginia, which is super cool. So while probiotics are the organisms that we might take in supplemental form or get from fermented foods, yogurt, kombucha, etc., to help support the balance of bacteria in our gut, prebiotics are the food that we can provide to help the beneficial bacteria in our gut microbiome flourish. So prebiotics can help you have more regular and pleasant bowel movements, have less bloating, and promote digestion and nutrient absorption. Spark Bites pack a combination of prebiotics and other nutrient-dense foods and are available in six different flavors. Cinnamon, which is my favorite, chocolate chip, coffee, red beet, matcha, and turmeric. And if you want to learn more, you can find Spark Bites at www.sparkbites.net, and they can also be found on Amazon. And now back to the show. Oh my God. But that's what I picture, right? Like there has to be that, like what she's, what you're talking about with the breakup. I think we actually did a whole newsletter about that. Yeah. A long time ago. Like a year or two ago about like how breaking up a dieting is like a bad boyfriend. And it's so true because it is like, you need that time to kind of say like, no, I'm not getting back together with you. And to realize how messed up the relationship was, right? And how angry you are. And also how sad you are that like you can't go back to it anymore because there's parts about it that you really like. Or to realize like it was never as good as I thought it was, you know? And that's really hard, you know? That is the same thing that happens with dieting. You think about all of the good parts And when you're removed from it, from actively dieting, you don't commonly think about the bad parts. No. And I think also too, like another part as well, as you think, well, I can't bring any of the good parts forward, right? Like that's never going to happen. And it's like, no, your next relationship, you can have the good parts, but you don't have to have all the crap with it too. And that's honestly like what we're talking about, about leading towards that more neutral relationship and a more, quite frankly, a healthier relationship for you, a healthy relationship for you mentally, a healthy relationship for your body, a healthy relationship for your mind, you know, and and wallet. (laughs) There's so many things that are affected by it. And I just think it's, yeah, it's just such a complicated time, but I think maybe we need to put together I'm breaking up a dieting playlist and um, have it available. Oh my gosh, that would be great. All right, we'll we'll think about that. <laughs> Everybody send us your I'm um, or okay, favorite breakup song or songs, yes. right? What would be on your breaking up with dieting playlist? Please email us hello at wholeheartedeating.com or send it to us on Instagram wholeheartedeatingpod. Um, but speaking of action type Okay, so now we've talked about like why it's okay to feel this way, but what like what do we actually do about it? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into the practical part of the episode, right? So the first thing that we need to think about is there are foundational steps that we can take most of the time, depending on how long you've been really entrenched in this kind of restrictive diet mentality. You may need to work with somebody to help you untangle a lot of that stuff so that you don't bring in your dieting emotional baggage to your next relationship with food, basically, (laughs) right? We're trying to create a whole new and cultivate a whole new, more neutral relationship with food. 
to do that, you need to work through a lot of the reasons why you went to dieting in the first place and why you continued to diet. So instead of thinking, okay, well, let's just move forward and I'm just gonna leave all of these suitcases here, we gotta unpack at least some of the suitcases first, right? So getting people in your camp, whether it's somebody like me and Christina, whether it's a therapist, probably both is really helpful. Um, and then, We'll be talking in the next couple of weeks about, you know, different healthcare practitioners that can really help you on this journey as well. But working with someone to help you do the foundational steps to get you to a place where you then can be intentional with food and recognizing that this is not like a let's do everything at once. It's a very step-by-step process of, you know, we all want to get to intuitive eating or what we would call wholehearted eating and intentional eating, but you can't just go or you can, but you will be not as successful if you want to, as you want to be if you go from dieting to anti-diet immediately to intentional eating. Because as we've said many times in the past, that when construed from a diet culture mentality can seem like another diet or another restrictive protocol. So we need to go step by step. Yeah. So one of the things that I was thinking about, about the step-by-step part that you're, that you're just describing. And I totally agree with you, obviously, but I feel like one of the things that I'm thinking about when it comes to intention that I had a conversation with a client of mine just recently, because this is their first um, holiday season post their own like higher level of care. And one of the things that they said to me is, well, I'm being intentional about how I'm eating right now. And I said, well, are you being intentional? Because how do we know what the motivation is behind it? Right. And I think one of the big things behind when, if you don't do that foundational step that Dana's describing about unpacking all of this baggage that's coming with you is that your intentions can be really complicated and unclear. And there can be a lot of dieting, body image stuff hanging out. And you can convince yourself just about anything by saying like, oh, I am intentionally eating this thing because that's what I desire. And it's like, well, why do you desire it? Well, I desire it because it makes me feel smaller. If it makes me feel like I'm being quote unquote healthy, or it makes me feel like I'm doing these different types of things. And maybe underneath the surface, if we keep digging below the iceberg and going, but why, but why, but why, but why, but why? And then underneath it is all because, because I might lose weight. Like, if like that's there. And if you don't have someone along on the journey with you or the ability to really look yourself in the mirror and say, why am I choosing this? And like, look at yourself really hard and then be incredibly honest with yourself. It makes it really hard to ever actually be intentional because you don't know what the motivation is behind the intention. Are you choosing it because you neutrally feel like this is what your body's craving and desiring? Or are you choosing it because you have this outcome in mind that you're convincing yourself that you are being intentional about, but really this is what's hanging out underneath the surface. And I hate to break it to you, that underneath the surface motivation can last for years. Like, like, you know, um, it goes faster. I find when you work with somebody to help you unpack all those different pieces, especially because when you're unpacking all of that, we tend to carry with us a lot of beliefs that limit us from being able to get to 
a more neutral relationship with food. We have a lot of, well, I can't because, uh, I can't because of this. I can't do that. Stay tuned for another podcast episode on this later in the month. <laughs> That's right. We are going to talk about that. But like you have all these things saying like that you can't do some certain thing. And we think of it as actual fact. Like, oh, I can't do that because of X, Y, and Z. And I think those things, when you don't have the support of someone unpacking those foundational Uh, beliefs that you have and creating that framework and that like you know like you're building a new house you know like if we don't have a solid foundation and if you don't have someone helping you call out these these things that you believe that might be holding you back from being able to be really honest with yourself about the intention behind things and the motivation behind it then you can't be intentional in a thoughtful and neutral way with your body and food. And I think that's really difficult for people and they don't want to do that kind of work because it's the most, to me, I have found with clients of mine, it's the most difficult because it's really shattering your comfort and your coping mechanism that you've had and the tools that you've used before. And when we're in it and we're having a difficult body image moment, we can convince ourselves of anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) to make it feel better. And I'm not finding fault with people in any way, shape or form for gravitating towards a lot of structure. We used to be there. 100%. But if you work with someone who can help you with those foundational tools They can meet you where you are and help you create structure that helps you feel feel good and not take away those coping and that comfort level so you don't feel like the rug's being ripped from underneath you and at the same time help you challenge that motivation that's happening inside for why you're choosing certain types of things and how to create that relationship. They're there to kind of help you. It's like having like a contractor when you're building a new house or, you know, you know, um, being able to see more clearly the people that you date future in the future, right? And being able to call out like, okay, is this a, um, is this a, a relationship where I feel like I'm being supported or is this a relationship where I feel like I'm being manipulated? <laughs> or is this and, a whole bucket of red flags? <laughs> yeah, right? Like red flag, red flag, red flag. And it's hard to see on your own, especially when you're new to this journey. And so I think that's like my main thing is that I feel like if you don't have someone helping you identify those limiting, like those beliefs that you have and helping you identify that they're limiting, you might not even believe that it's limiting you in any way. You might believe it so hard that it's all you can see. And you're like, no, I can't be convinced otherwise. And one or two or five or 30 Instagram reels aren't going to convince you that that's different because we can do a lot of like, well, that works for most people, but my body's broken. So I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And you need someone to help you be like, okay, why do you think your body's broken? Why Mm -hmm. do you think you're different than the other 95, excuse me, percent of the people in the world? Yeah. And, you know, we can, we can say, okay, I have a lot of work to do and we can be like, okay, there, there is a way 
where we can bring some structure, some guidelines, be more intentional about food. And it doesn't have to be through dieting. It doesn't have to be through restrictive protocols. It doesn't have to be through these bullshit resets that say, I'm not a diet, but really it's a diet. It's, there is a way forward, but it does require some hard work. So if you want some uh, practical tips for today, you can start to think about, you know, it is the first week of January, right? What are some things that you would like to be more intentional about in the new year? One. And then two, going a couple levels deeper, what's my motivation behind it, right? Think about that iceberg analogy that Christina was saying, like, okay, this is on the surface. What's all the way but to the bottom of the ocean floor where that iceberg is still touching? If you're having trouble with this, one way to think about this is, okay, in the past when you've done Whole30s, when you've done diets, when you've done weight loss protocols, when you've done restrictive protocols, you know, all these different things that you have most likely tried in the past. And this can extend to exercise. It can extend to all these different things. What did you want to be intentional about in years past? And what were your main motivations behind that, right? That can really illuminate some things for you. So some examples, right? You might want to work on like sleep or your mental health, hydration, nutrition, finances, movement, you know, any, any of these different things. And then think about again, another layer. Do I need some help to help understand my intentions and motivations? Do I need some help to implement this in a neutral add-in way as opposed to a restrictive way? This might like look like a whole, um, mind map is what Christina and I used to call it all the time. Like kind of like a spider web that just (laughs) goes out from the middle. Oh my God. We haven't done a mind map in a long time. Um, maybe that's going to be some Patreon date, uh, content that we provide in the future about how to to navigate it, but that's an idea. (laughs) But no, I think one of the things that I like about this and the idea of the mind map and being able to drill into it, I think another question that you can ask yourself is, Um, is the thing that I'm drawn to limiting me in some capacity? Is it keeping me from being able to enjoy some form of neutrality? Is it keeping me, is it, or is it feeding into some of the things that I've already liked? Like it makes me feel good because I'm eliminating certain types of foods or things of that nature. I think could be also an important aspect to kind of dive into because it, it makes sense. And we can look at things like, you know, we've obviously both been there. We've both have done this before. Uh, but we can look at a diet and re- and convince ourselves that it's, oh, it's just providing structure. But then if you don't see any flexibility within that structure, or you don't see any food, or you don't see any, like, thing that you would ordinarily not have, um, I want you to ask yourself the question, is this really serving my long-term goal of that? And I think another layer as well is to think about how is this for like moving my relationship with food in a more positive and reciprocal direction. Um, and I usually feel like most of the time, if we're honest with ourselves, the answer would be no. Um, even though we feel like I can I can't because yeah, like we can do those, which again, we're going to do a whole episode on just that, but <laughs> your body's like, how about no, just like the <laughs> discover commercial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but one thing is 
yeah so that that's it that's my main thought around around the the mind map and when you're going into it and thinking about it and it's real i just also want to say too it's okay if you choose to do something and three months from now you're like god damn it what <laughs> why did i do this you know like it's that's the really great thing about working towards wholehearted eating and intentional eating and the things that we really love is that every time you step on that step in that direction you're learning new information and you're stepping closer it doesn't feel like you're moving closer but you are every single time and you think to yourself god why did i do this like i really hate doing this is a learning opportunity and a step for you to find self-compassion and say okay I still have a lot of limiting beliefs. I still have a lot of foundational things that I need to unpack. And maybe I do need to find more support that I can go to instead of trying to swim this really turbulent water by myself. So everybody, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Before we wrap up, um, we did want to talk a little bit about the content that is going to be coming in January. So the preview of what is coming is, we listen, we know this can be a really stressful month when you're trying to not be in diet culture anymore and when you're also like, well, this whole anti-diet culture thing is not working for me, so like what do we do now? Um, there's a lot of, you know, diet and fitness culture BS floating around as there always will be in January. They're like, I'm not a diet, I promise, but really you're a diet. Um, so our theme for this whole month of all of our episodes is going to be basically like, how do you survive January without going down a diet or reset culture hole, right? Like what, what do you do if you feel like intuitive eating and intentional eating is not working for you? Or like Christina mentioned before, what if you're, you're in this kind of like, well, I can't do it because, like, I can't do it because of this. We're going to have a whole episode on that. And then we're also going to be talking about, well, like, what what is a normal relationship with food anyway, you know, versus what is an optimal relationship with food? So we know that this month, and we'll probably continue this into February as well, right? And as well as, you know, the rest of the year, I'm sure we'll have more questions on this too. But we know that a lot of people have questions around this topic, need support around this topic. So please send us an email, reach out to us on Instagram at wholehearted eating pod. Like we are here for you. We obviously would love to address the questions that you have because you all are the reason that we make these podcasts anyways. So um, definitely let us know if you have any specific questions or topics that you want us to cover either in January or, you know, of course, going forward. And then you can always check out the Patreon for additional bonus content for exclusive community posts and everything like that. And we're really excited to continue to grow that in the new year as well. And of course, thank you to all of our current patrons. You all are the best. Hang in there, guys. We can survive January together. We can do it. <laughs> We got your back. <laughs> it's like that little um, Mary Kate and Olsen gif from Full House. And she's like, you got this, dude. You got it, dude. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Hey there, friends, and thanks so much for listening to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast today. You can find us on Instagram at Wholehearted Eating Pod. You can find Christina at Kristen Point Nutrition. And you can find Dana at Dana Montes underscore CNS on both Instagram and TikTok. If you're interested in learning more about our one-on-one nutrition client services or about our self-paced courses, you can head to wholeheartedeating.com. 
Find the links in the show notes to everything I just mentioned, plus our brand new Patreon, where you can get even more bonus content from both Dana and Christina, which is at patreon.com slash wholeheartedeating. And if you would share this episode with your family or friends, we know that it would be really helpful in the beginning of the new year, and we would really appreciate it. So we will see you next week, friends. recording a podcast oh gosh i was really mid-thought and feeling really good about what i was saying <laughs> hey Elodie, honey mommy's working right now do you want to say hi to aunt dana hi <laughs>